Amen. Matthew chapter number 25. I want to say how good it is to be here. Uh, thank God I'm here, not where I was at last week. COVID done got me again. It's Tammy's fault. <clears throat> she gave it to me. Amen. All right. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, no, I'm not. She, it was her fault. It was. All right, Matthew, Matthew 25, we're going to, we stopped last time, we stopped at verse 30, so we'll begin in verse 31. It is good to see a great crowd this morning, amen. Uh, glad, glad you are here. I'm telling you, there's nowhere in this world I'd rather be than right here with you guys right now, with God's word, amen. All right, Matthew chapter 25 in verse 31, if you're there, say Amen. When the son of man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats and he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, come ye blessed of my father Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was a hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered, and fed thee? Or thirsty and gave thee drink? And when saw thee a stranger and took thee in? Or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, Prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was a hungered and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you took me not in. Naked and you clothed me not. Sick and in prison and you visited me not. Then shall they answer him saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered or a thirst or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Let us pray. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful to be here. I'm so thankful for your word. I'm so thankful that we don't have to wonder what's going to happen and what's fixing to happen. You told us what's going to happen. And we can study your word and find out for ourselves. And Lord, I pray that you'll bless everybody here. Lord, if there's someone here, there's not an if, I know. In the crowd this size, there's no doubt about it. There's some goats in here. There's some people that don't know you. There's some people who have not placed their faith in you. I pray in today will be the day that they believe on you and repent of their sins and trust in you for salvation. I pray that your perfect will be done. Help us to be ready. Lord, I want the goats to get saved and I want the sheep to get busy. I pray your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. 
Uh, as a review, as a review, uh, for some of you guys, it's, this is your, your first time in this particular chapter. Uh, the last couple weeks, the last couple services that I've been here anyway, brother, brother Andrew filled in last week and done a great job. Thank God for brother Andrew. Uh, he, he, he came, he came to, uh, uh, staff meeting and said, said, somebody told me that one day I'm going to make a good preacher. <laughs> I'm not sure if he was offended or what I said. Well, they were right. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, he's a good preacher now. He's a good preacher now, but, but he knew what you meant. He knew what you meant. Uh, I, I tell him, don't worry, son. I still get that. That's okay. It ain't no problem with that. Uh, we all need to strive for something better. Amen. Uh, but he did a, He did a great job. But, but a couple of weeks before that, we, we've been going through the book of Matthew and, and here in chapter number 24 in chapter number 25, we find what is called the Olivet Discourse. Say that with me. The, the Olivet Discourse in chapter 25, chapter 24 and 25 is basically an answer to the question that the disciples gave to Jesus. If you will remember, and don't go back out, let me do it real quick so we can get through. Uh, Jesus, they were coming out of Jerusalem. They looked back and they, they looked at the temple and all the grandeur, and it was beautiful. It was incredible. I mean, it, this, this, the Herod's temple was one of the most incredible, uh, uh, most beautiful, uh, elaborate buildings of that day. And, and the disciples were kind of bragging about it and saying, check out, check out God's house, check out the temple, the beauty, the glory, so forth and so on. And Jesus said, hey, I tell you what, not one stone will be left on another. This, this temple that you're bragging about right now, it's going to be totally destroyed. And man, it just blew their mind. I mean, they were just, they were just wigged out about it, just tore up. And then they asked this question. They asked this question in Matthew 24, 3. He says, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, tell us when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? What should, when, when would these things be? What, what would be the sign of your coming and in the end of the world? So, so as we go through chapter 24 and chapter 25, that is the answer to this question. So if you know that, you can understand it a whole lot better. You realize that all of chapter 24 and all of chapter 25 is basically Jesus's answer to their question of what is the sign of your coming and the end of the world? All right. If everybody understands that, say amen. And so as you go through chapter number 24, he, Jesus begins to tell him some signs. He begins to tell him about false Christ arising. He begins to tell him about wars and rumors of wars. He begins to tell him about plagues and pestilence and, and earthquakes and divers places and all of these things. He even goes to tell him about the abomination of desolation. He talks about the rise of the antichrist. He talks about the, 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 the terrible, terrible Holocaust that's going to happen, that, that there's going to be tons and tons of Jews killed, tons and tons of people killed through the tribulation period. And, and then he begins, then he begins to talk about parables. He gives several parables. Uh, the parable, he talks about the times of, the, of Noah. And then he talks about the thief that came in the night. He talks about the, 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 the unwise virgins that didn't have no oil. He talks 
All of these things, the servants, the slave who did not uh, use and, and appropriate the talents that were given them. And all of those, all of those parables were for this purpose to tell you, get ready. Every single one of them. Throughout the end of chapter 24, the beginning of chapter 25, it was over and over and over again. Jesus was trying to reinforce the truth that you need to be ready. They want to know, what is the sign of your coming? That was the question. What is the sign of your coming? And Jesus was trying to tell them, you're not going to know. Not even, listen, I don't even know. Only my father in heaven knows. Don't worry about the signs. Be ready. Don't worry about the times. Be ready. Don't worry about when it's going to happen. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. And all God's people say it. Listen, you, you don't listen. I understand the attraction of prophecy conferences and prophecy books. And uh, listen, everybody's writing a book to come out and, 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 and listen, forget all that. Just be ready. Be ready. What, what do I need to know? He's coming. That's what you need to know. He's coming. And I'll tell you this. He's coming soon. Be ready. Say it with me. And then you, you see the parable, you, the parables of the, the 10 virgins, the five wise and the five unwise. That teaches us that they didn't have the oil last time. Last time I was preaching, you learned that that meant that represented salvation. That represented the Holy Spirit. How are we going to be ready? Be saved. The only way you can be ready for the return of Christ is to be saved, to have the Holy Spirit in you. All right. But not only be saved, but with the, the parable of the, the, the servants, the slaves, Listen, we learned that you got to be busy. You got to be busy. We're going to be held accountable for the talents that God's given us and the resources and the abilities that God's given us. Be ready by being saved and by being busy. Did you hear in my prayer? Did you hear in my prayer? I want the goats to get saved and I want the sheep to get busy. That's how we're going to be ready. That's how we're going to be ready. Now, now, with all that being said, with all that being said, that's led us up to where we're at today. All right. From chapter, or excuse me, verse number 30, verse 31, verse 31 to verse 46, Jesus has now, he's already told you the, 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 the signs. He's told you about what's going to happen during the tribulation period, all of the things that's going to take place there. Then, then he told you all those parables to, to warn you, to encourage you to be ready. Now, now Jesus is going to finish up this conversation. He's going to finish up this particular set of teaching by telling them what is the last thing that's going to happen before the millennial reign of Christ. Now, let me encourage everybody to understand this. What's the title? Look on your notes. What's the title? Everybody say it. The disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. And you know what he said? He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, right? Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What's the next part? Thy. Now we're, we're to pray. We're to pray for his kingdom to come. We're to pray to his kingdom to come. Guess what? It's going to come. And what Jesus is describing right here is when it does. Are y'all with me? When it does, what is the last event? What is the last event to take place before Jesus 
Jesus, the person, the man, Jesus, the God man steps on this earth and begins to rule the whole planet in his millennial kingdom. Some people try to spiritualize that. It's not a spiritualized situation. The man, Jesus, the incarnate son of God is going to literally in bodily form stand on this earth again in his capital, Jerusalem, and he is going to rule this entire planet from his capital in Jerusalem. That's going to happen. It's coming very, very soon. It's coming. And so what we have here in verse 31 through verse 46 is the very last thing that has to take place before Jesus begins to reign. All right. The trick, and I'm going to get to it. I know, I know I'm going to get to it. I'm still in my intro, uh, but you only got two points. All right. So don't get all wigged out on me. Amen. There's several things that has to take place. I believe personally, I believe personally, the next thing on, on God's prophetic calendar is the rapture of the church. I believe in the rapture of the church without a doubt. I believe that Jesus is coming. He's going to call our name and we're going home. First Thessalonians four sixteen. for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we, which are alive and remain shall be caught up. Say it with me. We shall be. We shall be caught up to be with him in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Comfort ye one another with these words. Say amen. amen. I believe without a doubt. I believe without a doubt. If you look at the Old Testament, he said, oh, I, I don't believe that. If you look at the Old Testament, the Old Testament teaches that there's going to be a rapture. You say, where is it found in the Old Testament? The Bible says Enoch was not for God took him. You say, what, what happened? He was raptured. He was caught up. He was taken to be with God. And then watch this. Right after that, the flood took place. What was the flood? It was judgment. And, and Noah was kept safe in the ark. I believe Enoch is a type of the church being raptured out. Noah and his family is a type of the Jewish nation being carried safely through the judgment of the flood where God's going to protect Israel through the tribulation period. I believe the rapture of the church has got to take place. The tribulation period has got to take place that Jesus just described. The wars, the rumors of wars, the plagues, the pestilences, the earthquakes, uh, all of the things we learn in Revelation, all of the seals, all the judgments. There's three sets of judgments, the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, the vile judgments. All of these things are going to take place. Untold horror is going to take place on this earth. And at the end, Jesus said, I'm coming back. And what's going to take place after the tribulation period, right before, right before he begins to reign for 1,000 years upon this earth is what we're studying today. Now, if you followed me so far, say amen. amen. If you got confused, go back and listen online and listen to me again slowly. <clears throat> this is going to happen. So as we look at this, number one, thy kingdom has come. It's time for him to rule. It's time for him to reign. So first of all, number one, I want you to see the coronation of the king. The coronation of the king, verse 31. When the son of man shall come in his, when the son of man shall come in his, now why? 
<coughs> excuse me. Why does it say in his glory? Because the first time he came, he come humbly. He came in humility. He came and was born in a manger. He, he, was, he was lower than a slave or servant. But the next time he comes, it's not going to be in humility. It's going to be in glory. Say amen. When the king comes, when the son of man, and the son of man is obviously Jesus. He referred to himself over and over and over through the gospels as the son of man. When the son of man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the what? Throne, the throne of his glory. All right. So number one, you're taking notes, write this stuff down. Number one, the coronation of the king. First of all, we see is the arrival of the heavenly delegation, the arrival of the heavenly delegation. Now to, 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 to really get a clear picture of who's all showing up on the scene at this particular time, it says when the son of man shall come in his glory, let's put some other verses with it to, to, to clearly understand who's coming with him because he's not coming alone. Are y'all with me? First Thessalonians one, seven, first Thessalonians one, seven, and to you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty mighty angels. So that tells us he's coming with his angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired of all of them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day. So he's coming with his mighty angels. All right, Jude. Jude verse 14 says, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So he's coming with his mighty angels. Jude tells us he's also coming with all his saints, all the saints. Revelation 19 Revelation 19, verse 11. This is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, the white horse rider, amen. And I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew, but he himself. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name was called the word of God. The word of God. Let's go back and do a little research. Who was the word of God? John chapter number one. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Later on in John chapter number one, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelled among us. And we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the father who was the word. He was Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Bless God. Fooey on COVID. Amen. I feel pretty good. Hey, runny nose and all. Amen. Now watch this. So Jesus is coming. Verse 14. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. 
And out of his mouth goeth the sharp sword, with it he shall smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written. Say it with me. King of kings and Say it again. All three of these verses, all three of these verses are representing the same event. It is the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ to this earth. And he's coming with the mighty angels. He's coming with the saints that are there. He's coming with the armies of heaven, which are made up of all the angels and all the saints of God. Now, who is going to be there? Old Testament saints and the church who's been raptured out before the tribulation period. And also all of the believers that have come to believe in Christ and died during the tribulation period. There's going to be millions of people, millions of people who come to believe in Christ during the tribulation period because of the witness of the, the, uh, the, the two witnesses that God's going to send the witness of the 144,000 uh, 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 witnesses that will be sealed and evangel. It's basically 144,000 Jewish evangelists that are going to go all over the world preaching the gospel. And then the Bible says there's going to be an angel, a divine, divine angel going to every corner of the earth preaching the gospel. And there will be millions of people saved and martyred, killed for their faith during the tribulation period. Guess what? All of them are going to come back with Jesus when he comes back to reign. So we see a heavenly delegation. Now, let me, let me just throw this in here. Let me just throw this in here so you'll understand. Right before the millennial reign, when Jesus, the very first thing that happens, according to Revelation 19, the very first thing that happens at the end of the tribulation period, when Jesus shows up on that white horse is Armageddon. Okay. He's going to defeat all the armies of this earth at Armageddon. All right. So right before right before this takes place that we're studying about will be the battle of Armageddon where Jesus defeats the armies of the earth. Okay. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. After that, after that, we find the judgment of the nations. All right. So what's going to happen preacher at what's going to happen at the end of the tribulation period, there's going to be a heavenly delegation show up. There's going to be a representative. Listen, the King and his court is coming to town. Are y'all with me? So Jesus is going to show up. He's going to show up. He's going to be there in Jerusalem. According to, according to the, the word, he's going to come to the Mount of Olives. He's going to walk through the Eastern gate. He's going to assume the throne of his father. All right. So that's B write that down. We first, we find the arrival of a heavenly delegation. Then we see the assumption of an earthly throne, the assumption of an earthly throne. Jesus is going to take his throne. Now let's look at this. Let's look at this. Second <clears throat> Samuel chapter seven, second Samuel chapter seven. This is one of the first mentions that there will be, there will be someone from the line of David who will live forever and reign forever. Nathan, the prophet Nathan is telling David what God has told him. Second, I hope I'm not boring y'all. I know there's a lot of historical stuff, but I like it. I enjoy it. I hope you are too. Second Samuel 12 and when thy days be fulfilled, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers. This is Nathan telling David, he's going to die. I will set up thy seed after thee. I will set up that. In other words, descendants after you, 
which shall proceed out of thy bowels and I will establish his what? Kingdom. Now verse 13 says, he shall build a house for my name and I will establish, or excuse me, establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And thine house and thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. Talking about the Davidic rule, David's lineage, someone of the lineage of David, someone from his bloodline is going to sit on a throne forever on this earth. Are y'all with me? Say amen. According to all these words and according to all this vision, so did Nathan speak unto David. All right. So we have that promise. We have that prophecy. Somebody from the line of David is going to rule on this earth. Psalms 132, 11. The Lord has sworn in truth unto David. He will not turn from it of the fruit of thy body. Will I sit upon thy throne? That's the promise. Are y'all with me? Is everybody together? Isaiah nine, Isaiah nine, verse six. For unto us, a child is born unto us. A son is given. Here's a, here's another prophecy concerning the future King. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David, and upon his kingdom to order it, and to establish it with judgment, with justice from henceforth even forever, and the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Jeremiah 23, 5. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord. I will raise unto David a righteous branch and a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. Amos 9, 11. These are all Old Testament prophecies concerning the coming king. In that day, will I raise up the tabernacle of that is fallen. This is cool. In that day, will I raise up the tabernacle of David that is fallen and close up the breaches thereof? Watch this now. Watch this now. This is really cool. And I will raise up his ruins and will build it as in the days of old. Do you know what the greatest archaeological dig is going on right now? In the city of David. In the city of David right now. And matter of fact, we're going to go see it in December. Say amen. They, are, they have discovered his palace. They have discovered the city of David. They have discovered the walkway, the steps that go up, that ascended from David's palace all the way up, from the pool of Siloam all the way up to the temple mount. What are they doing? They're digging out the ruins I mean, we, you, can, you can go on the internet right now and see this particular verse coming to life right before your very eyes. Yeah, woo is right. This is awesome. It's happening. It, you are seeing prophecy happening in, in real time. Real time. Man, I, I'm telling you. Now, I found this verse to go with this today, but I've been, I've been following along with all the excavations of the city of David for 
couple years, you know, just, just because of our trips to Israel. And man, I, I told him, we're coming, but you're taking me to the city of David. <clears throat> we're going to go see that this time around. We didn't get to see it last time because they had, didn't have it open yet. But then I read this and I'm telling you, I own, if I didn't have COVID, I'd have run around my office. <laughs> because it's, this is it. This is coming to life. They're digging out the ruins and they're, Boy, y'all are not getting what I'm trying to tell you. I will raise up his ruins. And he's doing it right now. I will build it as in the days of old. Acts 2.29. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch who? David. David. That he is both dead and buried. And the sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet... And knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, in other words, his lineage, one of his great, 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 great grandsons, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly, verse 36, that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and You know what Peter's saying right there? Jesus was the one he was talking about. Are y'all with me? Now watch this. Here's, 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 here's proof. Here's proof. <clears throat> here's angelic proof. Here's divine proof. Luke 1. Luke 1 verse 30. And the angel said unto her, talking about Mary, Fear not. Fear not. Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name, Jesus. thou shalt call his name, Jesus. what a wonderful name it is, Amen. that name Jesus. Watch this now. He who? Jesus. Jesus. He who? Jesus. Jesus shall be great. Jesus shall be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God shall give unto Jesus the throne of his father and Jesus shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be is there any question at the end of the tribulation period Jesus is going to show up with his entourage Brother Scott, I tried to think of that word last night and I couldn't think of it for nothing. I said posse and everything else and I couldn't think of entourage for nothing. So I ended up with delegation. But Jesus and all his people, all the holy angels, the mighty angels, the armies in heaven, Jesus is coming with the saints of God and he's coming to take his throne. It's time for him to rule and reign. Watch this. In, in Daniel, in Daniel, we've learned about the times of the Gentiles. Right now, this earth is being ruled and reigned by Gentiles. But the Bible says the times of the Gentiles will soon come to an end. And Jesus will take his rightful place as the king of the world. And all God's people say it. Now. 
When he does. When he does. The first step he's going to take. The first step he's going to take. Stay with me now. Stay with me. It's like it's like one of the movies. You can't go get no popcorn. You got to stay with me. You're going to miss it. The first thing the king's going to do when he takes his throne is going to determine who's going to be in his kingdom. Now, he's not going to determine at that moment. He's just going to show everybody who it is. You got to get that. That's important that you know that. He's not going to decide at that moment, okay, I think you're good and I think you're not. No, no, no. It's already been determined by, by their belief in faith in Christ. But he's going to show who's the goats and who's the sheep. Everybody look around. Everybody look that way. Look at the folks around you. Everybody look that way. Y'all know what? There's some goats in here. <clears throat> There's some sheep in here too. Now, I'm going to just tell you right, right in, before we go into it, you know, if, you, if you're not familiar with this chapter, goats represent the lost and sheep represent the saved. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. A sheep will follow. A sheep is docile. Unfortunately, a sheep is dumb too. <laughs> no offense. They need the shepherd. Amen. They need the shepherd. I'm telling you, they'll get in trouble. Why do you think he, he said, I lead you beside still waters? Because dumb sheep will get in moving water and they'll drown. They stray all the time. They need guidance, counsel, direction. Amen. We see a goat's not like that. Goat's honorary. Goat is honorary. Goat butts all the time. But, 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 but. I like the singing butt. We got a halfway decent preacher butt. Boy, if our, y'all with me? You might be a goat in here. <clears throat> they are. There's goats in here. In that day, there's going to be people who believe and there's going to be people who don't believe. There's going to be the saved and lost. The saved represent the sheep. The lost represent the goats. Are y'all with me? And Jesus is fixing to say, okay, now you're going to see who gets to come in. You're going to get to see who, who is a part of the kingdom. Now, so let's look at this. Number two. What was number one? Say it back to me real quick. Say it back to me. We see number one, the, the king shows up and he takes his throne. Number two, the citizens of the kingdom. The citizens of the kingdom. And I'll do this fast because we've got just a few minutes. First of all, we see the contrast of individuals. The contrast of individuals, verse 32 to 33. And before him, all right, Jesus comes to Jerusalem. He, he takes his throne, his rightful place as the, 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 the ruler of the world, the king of the earth. And his capital is Jerusalem. When he sits on his throne, this is the first thing he does. The Bible says, when the son of man shall come in his glory and, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations. Now, now don't think, okay, he's going to have a representative from Russia. He's going to have a representative from India. He's going to have a representative. No, 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 no. This is talking about people. This is talking about each individual people, people groups. So it's not 
okay, Canada is going to come. He's saying every single person is going to come stand before God. Every single person. Now, now let me remind you, let me remind you that millions and millions and millions of people will have been killed during the tribulation period. So the people that are going to come before Christ in this moment, in this time, are going to be those who have survived the tribulation period. Okay, does everybody understand that? So everyone, everyone who has survived, they were living at the time of Christ's return. They made it through the tribulation period. There's going to be believers and unbelievers survived the tribulation period, and they are going to be required to come stand before the king. If that makes sense, say amen. Okay, so first of all, there's going to be a contrast of individuals. Every single person that survived the tribulation period will come and stand before Christ. And he's going to determine with the help of the angels, he's going to separate all the sheep and all the goats. Well, all the sheep on the right hand and all the goats on the left hand. If you are a believer, you are a sheep. If you're a non-believer, you are a goat. If you've trusted and put your faith in Christ, you are a sheep. If you deny Christ and reject Christ, you are a goat. Does everybody understand that? B, there's going to be a claiming of inheritance. A claiming of inheritance. Verse 32 says, before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, come ye blessed of my father. What's the next word? Say it again. Inherit. Inherit. Who inherits something? A family member. A family member. So Jesus is showing that the family members, the children of God are going to inherit from their Father, if this makes sense, say amen. He said, come see what I got for you. Oh, yeah. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. He says, come, come get what I'm preparing for you. Come enter my glorious kingdom. Come be a part of my reign. Come into this. King. And, and, and I don't have time. Dear God, only got three minutes left right now. But uh, the Bible says that Jesus is going to transform this earth. During the millennial reign, listen, it's not going to be like it used to be. No sickness. Listen, it won't be, we won't have all that we have today. A lion can lay down by a lamb. A little child, a little child can pick up a snake. I'm not going to, even in the millennial reign. But you could if you wanted to. Steve, your brother's going to have a time during that time, ain't he? That crazy scoundrel, he'd pick him up now. Listen, he says, come get what I got for you. Come into my reign. Come into my kingdom. Welcome. Come in. A claiming of inheritance. But then we see this is, this is something significant. A commendation of involvement. A commendation of involvement. He begins to praise them. He begins to commend them for their behavior. He said, come inherit what I've got for you. Then he begins to tell what they did, their lifestyle. For I was a hungered and you gave me meat. 
I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered and fed thee and thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in? Naked or clothing, or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? The king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, and as much as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. He begins to commend them for their, their service, their involvement in serving others. Now here's what I need you to understand. There's a lot of people that'll cherry pick verses and they will take them out of context. And they say, oh, this proves that you got to work. You got to, you got to work to get to heaven. You got to earn your salvation. That's a lie. He's not saying you get this kingdom because you did this. He is showing evidence and proof of their faith in Christ. Listen, what we are reading right here is not, is not, let me put it this way. All of these things he just listed is evidence of salvation, not requirement for salvation. So how do you know? Because when you go through the whole Bible as a whole, you will understand that God said, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, not of works, lest any man should boast. So you don't feed somebody to get into heaven. You don't clothe somebody to get into heaven. You don't uh, uh, visit somebody to get into heaven. But if you're going to heaven and your faith is in Christ, it's going to reflect in your behavior on this earth and you're going to be willing to serve people. Say amen. He's not saying because you did this, you get this. He's saying you getting this and I appreciate you for doing this. Are y'all with me? Salvation is but one way by faith in Christ for by grace. Are you saved through faith? Faith. Say it with me. Faith. Faith, period. Faith, period. But let me ask you a question. Is there evidence of your faith? Do you care about people? Is God's love in your heart? Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God for God is love. First John four, seven, eight. You know what I take from this? This is what I learned from this. If I'm truly saved, if I'm a child of God, there will be evidence. There will be evidence. And then you find, lastly, write this down. We see a, a, say it with me. Let's review. A. How many of y'all know there's lost and saved in here? There's sheep and goats. There's going to be sheep and goats survive at the very end of the tribulation period. There's going to be survivors. Jesus is going to have every survivor and he's going to show who were true sheep and who were really goats. He's going to give an inheritance to the sheep, the believers. And he commends them for their service. He commends them for their love and their, their service to people. But then we see D, the condemnation of infidels. Verses 41, then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was a hungered and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you took me not in. Sick and in prison and you visited me not. Then shall they also 
answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered or a thirst or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison or did not minister unto ye? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did it not for the least of these, ye did it not to me. These shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. What does he say? You a goat and I got proof. That's basically what that is. You're a goat and I got proof. You never placed your faith in me. You never responded to my invitation. Listen, and here is the evidence of your life. Here's the evidence of your response to my invitation. Go into everlasting punishment. Now, everybody look at me. I know you're wrapping up and everything in your mind, but look at me. What do we take from this? What do we take from this? Everybody look at me. I want to see you. Why see your eyeballs? When Jesus begins to reign, the only people that will be able to stay living on this planet or be a part of his kingdom will be believers. In other words, he's going to remove every single unbeliever on this planet and send them into everlasting punishment. And he will begin his kingdom with only those who are believers in him. So at the end of the tribulation period, before Jesus begins his millennial reign, his thousand year reign on this earth, he is going to separate all of the unbelievers from the believers. He is going to punish and send uh, unbelievers into hell and all of the believers will go into the kingdom and enjoy a thousand years of the rule and reign of Jesus Christ. Now, what do we need to take from that? You best be ready. From the whole Olivet Discourse, chapter 24 and 25, this is what we know. We don't know the day, the time, or the hour, so we best be ready. And how can we be ready? By being saved and by being busy. If you're not saved today, get saved. If you are saved and you're sorry, get busy. Oh, y'all didn't like that, did you? You're you're really not going to like it when you stand before the one who gave his life for you. And he says, what did you do for me? You think you're mad now? You think you feel bad now? Wait till you stand before him. If I was you, I'd get over it. I tell you, like our baseball coach used to tell us, pick up that bottom lip and throw it over your shoulder. We'd get in the mully grub and we'd whine about how much practice, how much running we'd have to do. He said, your lip, your bottom lip, drag the ground, pick it up and throw it over your shoulder. That's when I tell some of y'all, y'all don't like being told that way. But I'm telling you, if you're not serving God, if you're not being faithful with the resources God's given you, you're going to wish you threw it over your shoulder. So if you're lost today, get saved. If you're saved today and you're not serving, get busy. Because the king's coming. The king is coming. And all God's people see it.